0: afternoon, once again. Uh, welcome to episode 171 of the Fantasy Timeline. Uh, proud member of the Dynasty Attics Podcast Network. I'll be your host again, uh, Drew at dr underscore pra. I don't know why I have so much trouble saying my own... You struggle a bit. My own... <laughs> <laughs> I want to say the underscore first off every time. No, well, my dog doesn't like it. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be pissed at me too. Uh, and then we got... Uh, Bill hanging with us again here at Super Dupa Flex with his peanut gallery in the background. Bill, how are y'all doing over there?
1: Doing good, just trying to get my dog to keep quiet. Uh, so I'll be back in one second. You're good, man. You're good.
0: So, uh, yeah, we just shook it up a little bit this week here. Uh, I'm on vacation. So, uh, Bill was flexible enough to hang with me for this afternoon. So, if you're ending your work day, and you jump on live with us. It's awesome. Uh, if you hear this later, hopefully we'll get this published sooner than we did last week. So apologies for that one. And uh, next week, uh, special treat. Josh will be hanging out, I think, with Bill uh, while I'm going on a work trip next week as well. So uh, we'll get all three of us in the next couple of weeks here. But uh, I just want to jump in here and say uh, a little bit of what we thought about this past week and set up kind of what's to come here. Uh, Bill doesn't know it yet, but I've got some commissioner questions for him since uh, he's been sending some messages out in a couple of the leagues that I'm in with him here where he's the commissioner and uh, just some things to think about is, you know, we start to get the back half of our fantasy seasons going and, you know, Bill and I have talked a little bit about what we want to do, maybe uh, join up and get a team of our own next year together and you know, talk to kind of what we're looking for and what we're, uh, what makes this fun for us here, but uh, before we get into all that stuff, Bill, how's your week been?
1: Oh, uh, week's been pretty good. I um, squeaked a few matches out I didn't expect, so um, I thought this was going to be my first week under 500 for my leagues. Um, but mm-hmm. fortunately, I uh, finished above 500. Um, that's it was solid just run. yeah, just a lot of things. It needed to be a low-scoring uh, Monday night, and that's just that's exactly what happened. So,
0: yeah. How about you? Uh, overall pretty good. Uh, my home dynasty league took out, um, my buddy, Jeremy, my co-commissioner who, uh, for the last few years has had one of the strongest teams in the league, won it all last year. And, uh, I caught him, caught him on the right week this week. Uh, and that was including benching Stroud still, uh, had, had, uh, CJ Stroud 60 plus points on my, my taxi squad. Uh, that'll change this week because Jalen hurts is on by, but, uh, and then Josh, uh, he and I faced off in our Superflex Army 2 league. And I was holding my breath all the way to this morning to see if Elias Sports would have any stat corrections uh, that would change the outcome. But I uh, squeaked by him by under a point as well this week, thanks to Garrett Wilson having a less than stellar game on Monday night as well. So, uh, I, I did have the other end of it. Um, in another league, I'm in 16 team league. I've lost the last two weeks by combined 2.3 points.
1: Oh, geez. So I've
0: had a couple of uh, heartbreakers there, but actually uh, I'm, I was my record is overperforming in that league. Uh, it's a Debbie league. So I, I picked up this orphan two seasons ago and I've been trying to figure out not only the 16 team thing, but also a little bit of the Debbie and some of the valuations of guys that haven't even played a, a down NFL football yet. So, but, uh, but yeah, overall, uh, good week. Um, you know, not a great week for the Bills. That was a tough game to watch Sunday night. Um, kept feeling like uh, Cincinnati was just, you know, waiting for us to make a push, and then they would have uh, have the answer for it, and just couldn't put it together at the end. But uh, outside of that, you know, hoping we still take our, whatever, 30-some percent chance to make the playoffs and do something with it in the last few weeks here. So, how are you feeling coming out of the bye for the Lions this week? Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty
1: hopeful. I think uh, their uh, their schedule kind of opens up the second half, and um, I think their the toughest games are uh, this week at the Chargers, and then later in the season uh, at Dallas. So, um, other than that, it's like divisional games or less mm-hmm. than stellar teams. So, um, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty hopeful. I mean, they could you know, finish 14-3 and three, um, based on, like, the schedule and if they win what they should. Um, or, you know, who knows? They could implode like I've experienced throughout my whole life. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see
0: how it goes. Well, I mean, the, uh, the NFC North is just wide open at this point with where the Packers are and Love is underperforming. And obviously we'll see what kind of impact, you know, what the drop-off is with Dobbs. We'll talk about him in a few minutes there in Minnesota um, and some news there. But, um, and who else am I missing up there? Chicago. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, if there were ever a season to feel like you had a, you know, you should do it. This feels like one of those seasons, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm still pretty confident, I guess, but you know, there's always something one, you lose that wrong player, you know, that completely changes everything. Like, I mean, you're seeing that with your team with Milano. Um, everything changed when he got hurt.
0: Yep. Uh, on the opposite end, though, uh, I, I think we're we're expecting Montgomery to come back this week, which should be a nice boost. Not that uh, you know Gibbs wasn't doing well, but just balance the offense out a little bit, kind of open up the playbook a little bit more, and keep defenses a little bit more tired throughout the game. Uh, it relieve some pressure from Golf, maybe.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I mean, it just helps the team long term, right? You don't you want your guys to be fresh entering the playoffs, and I mean. Fantasy uh, managers don't want to hear that. But um, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's part of the reason why everybody's complaining about uh, Bijan's utilization, you know? Yep. I mean, do you really want to be ramming your uh, star running back in from like, you know, the, the four yard line or something when you can just beat up a guy you're paying $600,000 a year instead of uh, the stud? And, yep. It's just, you know, we think differently than the coaches, and we're never
0: going to be happy with the usage of our players. But no, there's, it's, it's tough. Uh, You know, we'll never be fully aligned in our priorities, right? But, um, you know, I was listening to the, oh gosh, it was the football guys. I think I was listening to them on the way out. And, you know, they pointed out as much as, as much hate as there is for Arthur Smith right now, second place in the division, has an opportunity to make the playoffs. Um, Yeah. I mean –
1: All his decisions are based off of that, right? Like they're not based off of, let's make sure Bijan gets goal line work. Like it's it's just he's and this has happened the last few years. He's still been in the hunt late in the season, and um, yeah, yeah, it just sucks, you know, for us because that's not what we're looking for. But I mean, the underutilization of London and overutilization of Johnny Smith, and you know, just. (laughs) It's just those, who knows? Like, I mean, it's almost like uh, Pitts is now a uh, um, just not, not be, pardon me?
0: I thought you were going to say wide receiver.
1: Well, he is. I mean, that's what they're using him as. And, and um, so Johnny is more of a traditional tight end. So yep. um, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that this is something we'll always struggle with and, um, we're always going to complain about, but just if we take a step back, the perspective of what a coach doesn't really give a shit about. <laughs> us, yeah.
0: Though. Yeah. Yeah. And he even said so as much in a, a press conference a week or two ago, right? Like throwing some shade at some of the, the fantasy, uh, opinions out there, but, um, you know, for us as people who are playing a game about a game, you know, how do you stay aware of some of those situations? Maybe take a, take advantage of that a little bit find some of the inefficiencies there or, you know, if somebody's really on a uh, you know, really on tilt because of what's going on because they really spent the 101 on Bijan and thought they'd be in a different place. And, you know, how do you capitalize on some of that, you know? Um, you know, do they, do they just, you know, do you help them throw bad money, more money at bad money and, you know, make them think they're more of a contender and get a pick that'll turn into an earlier pick next year or in 2025? Um, you know, do you try to see if you can get Bijan cheaper because they're just in an emotional was a glass case of emotion, as uh, Ron Burgundy would say. Um, so, yeah, so those are the fun things. You know, it, there's always a, a different perspective, right? We can always piss and moan about what's happening or not happening for our teams and what we thought was going to happen or who, you know, God bless you if you uh, listen to me, Josh, and Bill and base your league decisions on a lot of what we say here, uh, but based on what somebody else or an article said. But, uh, you know, take a look and, and, and throw some offers out there. See what people are thinking, right? um because we're not you know as we get into some of the the other stuff around commissioning leagues and and kind of designing leagues um you know nobody's got a perfect league out there so you know how do you make the most of what what you've got in the parameters you've got there but um before we dive into that uh as far as other injuries you know it sounds like we've got some other folks that are coming back pretty soon uh saw the vikings open the they opened the 21 day window on jefferson i think i saw online
1: um yeah i didn't hear that but i definitely heard that they were considering
0: doing it so okay it looks like his his return is imminent uh whether it'll be in a week or two or if they take the full window whenever they they do start that time clock um any guesses or anything in the press locally bill for you what what jameson williams did with his bye week did he, did he spend uh an extra couple of days locked in the facility uh watching some film or taking some reps anything going on there that might change our outlook for the rest of the season for him
1: I don't think so. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of times people hope that during the bye week things change, but from what I understand, for the most part, players are just taking a break and and resting. Yeah. It's not like they're out and they're practicing a ton more or anything like that. It's giving coaches time to kind of evaluate, um, you know, what what they do and what um, what they do well and what they're doing uh, versus other teams and versus other schemes and. So, like, I, I almost don't think that there's too much more in terms of reps um, other than, like, a or compared to, like, a regular week. So, um, yeah, I, sadly, I don't have any news saying that
0: Jamison's going to be better. Yeah. Yeah, it's always interesting to see, you know, how different teams come back from the bye week and, you know, whether it's a letdown. Uh, you know, it's funny, like you mentioned, um, you know, players kind of go do their own thing. See Brock Purdy going home to his, uh, his farm just riding this tractor, I think probably taking his mind off some of the things the last, last few games in that stretch. So we'll see how he, he comes back from that again. Um, you know, maybe is Debo going to be back after the bye week here, anybody else that you're, you're looking at that should return soon that you're uh, either excited to put back in your lineup or um, maybe there's a, a last ditch chance here to go and get somebody before they're back healthy or announce that they're coming back to practice.
1: Well, there was the trade that Josh asked us earlier about with Kyler. Um, you know, he's, yeah supposedly starting this week so um we should see some activity getting you know going again with him and it's like one of those questions of do you want to make a move for him now uh, before he starts playing uh or do you want to wait hoping he has like a bad week and you can buy him at a discount um you know it's all a matter of if you think his legs are back or not and you think his legs are still, you know, he's not gonna to be running and doing all of that to start, um, then you might want to wait a week because you know you're not gonna see those stats. And um, but if you think he's had a really long uh recovery here and now he's just back to being uh pretty much fully healthy and trusting his legs, um, uh, you know, maybe now's the time to pounce. So um, you know, there's a lot of people uncomfortable with Kyler. And I, Yeah. I, so I, I think that um, he's somebody that's interesting to consider if you need a quarterback. Um, and maybe this is the last time you can get him, you know, at a decent price. Cause even if we don't really like Kyler and his, you know, how he, he does and gets to his points, he's still always for the most part, a top 10 quarterback. So um and he's, what, 26 years old or something like that. So it's like he's still very young. It's just a matter of uh, – I mean, he's. I don't think he's losing his job um, or or losing a job. Um, yeah. You know, he's going to start somewhere is my guess. So um, he's somebody that at least you could get some sort of comfortableness with
0: your quarterback if you add him. Yeah. So for, uh, for the listeners here, we were looking at – Josh asked us uh, in a 14-team Superflex league – uh, you know, would we prefer to have Kyler or what he thinks will be a later first and then uh, a, a 25 first, which, you know, hard to tell at this point. Um, and, and Josh and I, or, or Bill and I were on different sides of this one. Uh, I think gut reaction just our initial responses. Uh, do, you, do you want to talk folks through, um, you know, you were on the Kyler side kind of at face value here. Just a couple of the things that you were factoring in.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the main thing is that there's not a lot of quarterbacks. You feel really, you feel that are going to start next year. Um first off, and I feel pretty good that he is. This is a 14 team super flex. So uh getting quarterbacks are worth that much more, um much harder to replace in in leagues that have over 12. Um so to give up a late um a late first this year and then let's say it's a, a mid to late next year, let's I mean, if it's a if it ends up being a really late first this year, I mean that's basically basically an early second in a twelve team league. So yeah, like looking at it that way, like are you going to give up an early second and a mid to late first in twenty twenty five for Kyler and a twelve teamer? I mean I I think that's a pretty easy buy in my eyes. Um, but like, I mean I see your side of it as well. You know it's just uh, um, I think I'm always a little more aggressive adding quarterbacks in um, in fourteen teamers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, it was close enough. That's why Josh put it out there. I think, right. He didn't feel like there was a, a big uh, lean one way or the other. And, you know, I think my, my gut said, um, and I'm swayed by something that I've been listening to lately. I forgot who it was last week. Uh, You know, those 25 first, people like to speculate kind of where that's going to land, but it doesn't take a whole lot in the next 16 months for that, um, you know, presumed late first and 25 to all of a sudden be a top five pick. Um, which again, depending on I, I've not looked that far ahead to see, you know, what are the rookies coming out in 25. I know next year has got a, a pretty deep, you know, not only top heavy, but deep quarterback pool. So um, so yeah, so I think you could go either way on that. Uh, and, and for those of you who have listened to either me on the junkies or here enough times, uh, you know, a lot of times the the picks will win out over the player uh, for me. But um, but yeah, I think uh you know, hopefully Josh does something that he feels good with there. And again, you kind of go through those filters for yourself, know your league. You know, is this a really, you know, fluid league where people are passing assets around pretty easily? And, you know, if you miss the boat on Tyler now, you could go back and get somebody else or maybe get a second chance at him in the offseason. Or if folks aren't being as, uh, you know, free with their their trades. And, yeah, I would definitely lean uh, the way Bill's talking about, especially in a 14-team league where, you know, two quarterbacks, uh, that's 24 almost automatically taken. And then people that have three, it's a luxury. Um, you know, everybody else is picking up you know, your Aiden O'Connell's and your Josh Dobbs, and just hoping that those guys get a chance to play on the right weeks for you. Uh, And it is a positional advantage in a league that size. So um, speaking of Dobbs and and quarterbacks and uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, Stroud earlier in the season, but then also, you know, had a little bit of a lull the bye week. And then all of a sudden this week, uh, holy crap Uh, for you, Bill, what was more impressive this week to watch CJ Stroud put up the results that he did and, and bring the Texans back to win or to watch Josh Dobbs walk in off the street, fresh off of a trade into Minnesota and lead them to a win.
1: I think the uh, more impressive was probably Dobbs. um, But the more uh, exciting, I guess, is Stroud. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive just based on, like, you know, the uh, conversations and and what uh, Kevin O'Connell said about how, they, um, he basically had to describe the plays, uh, over the mic in the few seconds after they call the play. And then he'd have to get translations from the wide receivers, like in the huddle, like, okay, what are you doing on this route? Or, you know, it's just, yeah, pretty. It's almost like, um, like video game ish in a way. And like he's just going in there and you just don't think too much, you know, you, you react, yep. you, focus and do what you can do. And, um, it was pretty, that was impressive. So, um, but yeah, Stroud, he was, uh, I mean, he looked good. Like, I mean, there was some pretty bad coverage on some of it too, but I mean, he was dropping, you know, he was dropping some passes behind linebackers and doing some, some, some good things. And it was cool. They did, a. um, like a run option or like a it was like a double option almost it was like they he handed it off to the running back and then the, he was following behind the running back and then when mm-hmm. the running back went to get tackled they pitched it yep. to stroud and he ran it for like 10 yards and um that's exciting because like yeah. if they can get him use him and his athleticism and we saw it against georgia uh in the semi national semifinals last year
0: um, if they get him
1: going a little bit on that, then he could be a monster um, for fantasy. Yeah.
0: yeah. God help us if he starts running for 20, 30, 40 yards a game. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's definitely exciting to see Stroud and for folks that draft him and, you know, give credit to Josh here. You know, he, he's told us multiple times that Stroud was his highest rated quarterback last year out of that draft class. Um, but, uh, yeah, Josh Dobbs, I mean, I feel, you know, feels so good for a guy that's – Third team in the season already. Uh, you know, I think probably overperformed as a fill-in in Arizona. Kind of that right blend right of showing like there's potential on that team, but not winning too much where they still preserve a good pick, but then getting traded to Minnesota where um, you know, I, I guess at this point, if he continues playing that well and, you know, picks up where he uh left off last week, I mean, they they still have to have some playoff hopes, right? With where they are um in the division and in the NFC. So you know, th- how does that impact, you know, Jefferson's return potentially. I know there's some speculation early on when Cousins went down, especially, you know, if there's nothing to play for, why would we rush him back or why would we get him back this season even? Um, so yeah, really, really cool to see a couple of those quarterbacks come through big and uh, then to translate for wins even feels better for those guys. Um, I'm sorry. I, th- I don't know if uh, George plays zero one is still with us here or not. Uh, I'll let the stay here for a few minutes, but an interesting uh, speaking of uh, Arizona, and Kyler's return, Kate Otten or Njoku this week. Uh, do you have a preference on the start there, Bill? Um, I have to look to see who's. Oh, I'm playing. sorry, Kate. I've got totally got my my teams confused there. So, not that's Baker Mayfield, not, not Kyler Murray. Kate, yeah, so Kate it's Otten Tennessee
1: at Tampa and then Cleveland at Baltimore. So, I mean. We've seen what Baltimore's done to some quarterbacks recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how much I trust Deshaun Watson going against that defense. Uh, I guess we'll find out if Watson <laughs> is back or not, I guess. Back yeah. from like two years ago or three years ago. But, uh, I mean, Otten's been getting a decent amount of targets. And, yeah. um, I mean, it's just a matter of if you're looking to – he's not going to score two touchdowns every week like he did last week. But, Um, if you're just looking for, if you're in a a tight end premium, I would be fine going with Atten just because I know he's going to get the targets. Um, If it's something where you need some boom to that position, um, I think Njoku is probably the better bet. Um, You know, they did just uh, get rid of Donovan Peoples-Jones for what, how much of an impact that has on Mm -hmm. Njoku. I don't know, but it's one less person out there um, that, you know, versus a rookie if they put Cedric Tillman out there. So um, that might be a little bit of a positive for Njoku. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, if, you, if you're if you looking to get less than a base tight end uh, points, I would go Njoku. Um, but uh, Atten has been getting more targets recently.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at their last few weeks, and they're almost identical. Um, Joko actually has two more targets over the last three weeks. Okay, uh, his two touchdowns are spread out over two different games versus both being in one game for Otten. So, I mean, this is this is really uh, interesting, if, especially if you're in like a safe leagues where it's a two point premium for tight end. Depending on who your wide receiver three is, you know, you might even play both of them and uh, you know drop a, a third wide receiver if you don't have to start a third wide receiver. Uh, between these two guys, though, I, I would probably lean toward uh, Otten at this point. I think, you know, Baker's shown that he is definitely willing to throw to him. And, uh, yeah, I, the Ravens just, they scare me, especially in a divisional matchup. I don't know that, you know, everybody can play everybody tough. But uh, in this particular, one I would expect that the Ravens come out and uh, I would think probably make Cleveland look, you know, if anything, it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Right, It's going to be two defenses that are just going to be out there trying to not budge an inch. And, you know, if you play an IDP or if you have defenses in your, your leagues, this could be two really big scoring weeks for those, those defenses. So it would not surprise me if this is like a, you know, 13 to seven, 13 to 10 kind of a game at the end of it all. And if uh, half those points aren't scored in the fourth quarter. So um, let's see here. We've got a couple others. We've got oh, long time. No, see. Uh, Ridley truther. Uh, it says recovered okay in the past tense now used to be in the present uh good to see you again uh thanks for stopping by hopefully your your boss isn't walking by here uh, and then we have chandler uh constantino training etn keenan allen and kittle for eckler saint brown and kincaid and ppr uh chandler I, I don't know bill is this one that matters whether it's redraft or dynasty for you
1: Um, I think it does matter. Um, I think redraft, I would rather the ETN side. Mm -hmm. I think if it's dynasty, I think I rather the other side, um, just for the age difference. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably my answer. How about
0: you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For dynasty. Yeah. I mean, you gain some year, a couple years with ETN, but that's not guaranteed. And Eckler could still be productive for a couple more years. Uh, certainly want St. Brown over, uh, Keenan Allen and dynasty, um, uh, which, you know, shout out to Allen for 10,000 yards on a ridiculous catch in that game.
1: Yeah, that was amazing. Uh,
0: and then, uh, yeah, kill versus Kincaid. Okay. So it's redraft and he's getting the Eckler side. Um, yeah, I think i rather the
1: ETN side personally, uh, for redraft. Um, but I don't think it's that different, um, it's just yeah. more like the boom bust of Kittle versus maybe Kincaid being a little more, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a little more capped on his. Well, yeah, I mean, he might be not really capped, but he's just going to be like a little bit more consistent, I guess. Uh, um, okay. but that's up until Knox comes back. So, uh, yeah. who's to say it's going to change, uh, when Knox comes back, um, Keenan Allen and St. Brown in redraft to me are very much uh, a wash. Um,
0: okay. So. Yeah, uh, I would. Man, that's tough. I I like. Uh, I, I'm i going to say this. I, I would probably prefer to have E. Can over Eckler um, in redraft. Uh, I think St. Brown. I, I would still prefer him over Keenan Allen in redraft. And then, yeah, I mean, Kittle and Kincaid both have. You know, when Devo comes back, that that changes the, the um, the disbursement of t- uh, targets and stuff there. So, I mean, this is a very even trade. It, it's one of those almost as I keep looking at it, it's like, is one side? What does one side feel like they're getting? Like, where's the trade off here? Because you're you're almost you're going position for position. Um, I mean, so, I guess
1: you're selling ETN high, right? And you're buying Eckler low in a way. Um, yeah. So, like, I could see, like, where Eckler could maybe boom more. Um, Etn has more room to kind of regress. Um, So, St. Brown and Allen, like I say, are a wash for me. And then it's just a matter of if, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the ceiling is probably on the Eckler side.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I mean, Kincaid got a a ridiculous amount of usage this week, even into the last couple of drives where, you know, the unfortunate fumble came up.
1: Kincaid seems like he's going to be getting more than Kittle for the most part. Right.
0: Yeah. At this point anyway. So yeah. Uh, He has Herbert wants Allen for the stack. He's been, yeah. I mean, if you like it, go for it. Um, I don't think there's a bad side to this. And if that again, gives you some goodwill, I don't know how long the league's been around or how tough this other person is to trade with, but uh, again, we've talked about it before, kind of playing the long game too. So if this sets you up for something else down the road, uh, even in the next season, some reciprocity, That go for it. Because it doesn't look like it's going to cost you a lot here uh, to make the move. So that's a good one. Uh, so Ridley Truther, a uh, couple of players with some playoff schedules you've been after outside of Eckler and the Chargers. I honestly don't pay too
1: much attention um, to the like I'm not going out of my way. Um, I think some people worry too much about matchups and like, I guess if I'm making a trade and I see players that have a better schedule and the other, all, all else, everything else being even, like I'll pick somebody, but I'm not going out of my way to pick somebody up just because they have a good uh, schedule because even now we don't even know if things are going to be the same in five weeks. So um yeah, I don't. I don't really concern myself, and I, I hear podcasts doing it, and it's great information. Um, but yeah, I really, I guess, I haven't been going after people because of that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it, it's difficult because you don't really know until you get close to the playoffs, and then of course, by the time you get closer, people know kind of what you're doing. So that che- that shifts the the landscape a bit but um you know i i have paid for a long time for uh the Rotoviz tools and those guys and they've got a really cool strength of schedule uh, tool for them um so you know in some of my redraft leagues where i still have a defense you know that certainly plays into i'm looking 2 3 weeks out and i'm i'm preserving that roster spot for some of those matchups um but as far as uh you know i i'm mostly in dynasty at this point so there aren't a whole lot of i'd have to be in a pretty unique like win now with a bunch of older guys, kind of a thing to say, I, I've got this middling player that I think is going to have a chance to, you know, really boom or have an opportunity in, in the last few weeks of the season. Um, but yeah, I think there are some good tools out there if you want to see what that strength of schedule looks like. You know, I know even MFL, when you pull up a, a player, you know, their stats, it'll show kind of how their opposing teams coming up fair against their position. Um, I think, you know, somebody that I did make a move for while they were injured more because I just wanted to to buy in the dip was uh, A-chan. I think the Dolphins have a pretty, pretty solid playoff schedule. Um, You know, assuming everybody's healthy as well. So, you know, if, uh, you know, somebody's souring on Waddle a little bit or, you know, wants to maybe move there, uh, you've got some opportunity. Um, And then, yeah, I'm I'm looking, uh, I love, I love looking at the Lions offense right now. Not that you're going to get a whole lot of buy lows, but maybe um, after Gibbs, you know, if you get Monty at a discount coming back, you know, he's somebody in the last couple of weeks we've talked about one and try to get as well. Um, let's see who we got. We got a lot of people, I guess the end of the workday, man, people are uh, looking for something besides work to focus on here. So appreciate y'all jumping in the chat. So Brooks, seven, zero, seven, zero trade PPR. I give Waddle Gibbs and Saquon for CMC and Josh Jacobs. I like it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I kind of look at it as Saquon and Josh Jacobs are kind of a wash, um, in redraft. Right. And, uh, yeah. Waddle and Gibbs for the top running back. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. You're still walking away with right now, based on points scored for the season, something like the number one, number four running backs in, in most leagues. So, um, yeah, it's great for, uh, end of season push. So I like that. Okay. So we already looked at that one, uh, trade Stroud and Gus for Herbert and Swift.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's fine. Um, I'm not super stoked either way. Um, I, I guess, uh, it looks like Drew might be a little bit more than me. Um, I think, f- I, get, I I'm looking at this as redraft. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, Gus is going to be the goal line guy for them for the rest of the year. So like, and Swift, uh, had a couple fumbles this last week. Uh, they didn't re or lose them, but, uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, Stroud and Herbert seemed pretty close this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, uh, Swift probably has more upside than Gus, you know,
0: weekly. So like maybe I lean that side. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think at face value I would say yeah, especially if it's redraft, I would say, you know, Herbert uh and Swift feels pretty good. What about Swift? in Dynasty? <laughs> uh that that's tough. Um I mean Gus and Swift for Dynasty Value can't be that far apart. Um I would think Swift's worth a decent amount more you think so yeah i mean the value is probably on the herbert and swift side in that one yeah i mean i i love uh i love what we've gotten out of stroud so um that that one for me would be tough if somebody came to me with that type of an offer for stroud i would i'd probably let it sit in the inbox for a day or two and send about 50 million texts out to people until i i heard what i wanted to hear (laughs) right um, so for me personally, I'd probably hang on to Stroud if this is dynasty and, you know, Gus is usable and he's that guy that, you know what, this year he's certainly, you know, uh, as soon as Dobbins went down, right. He became very popular, uh, running back to go after. And who knows what that running back room is going to look like next year. Um, you know, even with Lamar there, Gus has had, he was it last week or two weeks ago? He had, a, was it was a two or three touchdown game. Yeah. He had a three um, and then a two. So um he may not hit the the long uh catch and run off the screen or something or may not break it out for a 40 50 yard touchdown um but i mean arguably when they're both at their best the philly offense probably has a little bit of an edge over baltimore but um you know two good offenses not like you're comparing total crap offense with a, a decent receiver to you know swift on on the only good offense in the nfl So that's a, that's a fun one, but yeah, I would say, especially if it's redraft, go for it. Uh, If it's dynasty, I I would give that a little bit more pause. Let's see here. Okay. So Chandler just giving a a little bit more context. Yeah. So there's a lot that's very similar in Chandler's league. Uh, So yeah, I think we, we sit with uh, our last thoughts there as far as you like it, go do it. Uh, I think it feels good. Uh, And yeah. And then AJ films had that last question. Um, Let's see. Flex Lord Chino has one. Yeah, this is a good one here. Have Fields, Kyler, and Dak. Was wondering which I should trade away. Uh, assuming this is like a Dynasty Super Flex.
1: Oh, I was thinking it was one QB redraft. <laughs> if <Is> that... <laughs> um, you could give us a little more clarity on that, Flex Lord Chino. Um uh okay, one QB. Uh I'm probably trading uh one of Fields or Kyler. Yeah, uh, if it's yeah. any super flex, I'm holding all three. One QB redraft.
0: <laughs> okay. I yeah, I that try that. Probably,
1: I'd probably i probably try to trade Fields or Kyler. They're both kind of in the same position. Um, Dax, uh, solid, but I don't think he's ever gonna pull pull anything of note. I would almost wait to hold Fields and Kyler um, mm-hmm. to see what happens this week. Like if Kyler goes off, then you might be able to get more. Um Although Kyler might have some inflated value just because he's starting to play right now. And there's some unknown. So, I mean, ultimately it's on how much you really need to move one of these guys. Uh And if you do, I think Kyler's the one I would go to right now if you're going to yeah. trade this week.
0: Um Yeah. And yeah. Dak, Dak is through his buy. So, you know, you're going to start him every week unless he gets injured. So I'm I'm fine with you know lock deck and it's your starter. And then if you're trying to strengthen another position, uh I would agree. I think you're gonna get better value for Kyler because he's playing, you know, fields is still. I think I saw a blip today that said he might do some warm-ups this week for the game, but he's not gonna play at all. Yeah. So um, you know, well, those Kyler are good is-
1: guys to be able to trade away for something that could help you. Maybe you do an upgrade, Kyler and X for an upgrade at that position. Um, you know, the same position as X. You know, whatever. I mean, it's, uh, I think you have some parts that people could be interested in.
0: So, yeah. So, uh, Flex Lorcino added some detail here. Team is uh, Cup, Puka, Hollywood, Thielen at wide receiver. Then he has Brees, Pacheco, Connor, and Jerome Ford at running back. He's four and five. It's the middle of the road team that needs, it's, he says a lot of work, but, I, you know, I don't know that it's a well, ton of work here.
1: I mean, you need some upgrading. You need to get rid of Cup or Puka. Yep. Um so you need, I would trade one of the quarterbacks and one of those two, combine yep. those and upgrade you know to a, a better wide receiver. Um whichever one yep. you prefer. And then and I the would house. do the same thing at running back, maybe uh when uh Fields comes back.
0: What or if do you, you think, uh Jeff? hold on
1: to Fields and you trade Dak. you know, who that's up to you, but
0: yeah, with Kyler. So let's say it's Kyler and uh, Puka, because everybody likes the new shiny. If you pair those two uh, in a PPR league, where where do you think is the the range of wide receiver you could ask back if you have those two going away?
1: I mean, I think it. Would, I think you'd have to go with somebody below the elite elites. Like, I mean, somebody below. Um, uh, could you get like an Amonra? I would hope so. Yeah, I think that that's interesting. Um, That's probably about the level I would expect, I think. And you wouldn't have, I mean, just that alone, and you wouldn't have um, two guys battling out for targets on your team. Um,
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting band you're trying to reach up to here because Puka and Cup are not, you know middle of the road wide receivers either right? right those guys are above average wide receivers so your your target uh window here is, is a little bit narrower um so you know certainly pushes high yeah you're not going to get a, a chase or a jefferson probably unless somebody just needs to have some players in the next two weeks and they say you know what screw it yeah There's but he jefferson. needs them
1: because he's four and five um, true
0: true so yeah i mean um you know, the Dolphins are on by this week, so Tyreek wouldn't help you this week. Um, so you're looking at hopefully somebody maybe has through their by as well. See, I, I think Amon Ra is a really good option. Yeah, um, I
1: think that's like the first guy, because I'm looking at like rest of season rankings for fantasy pros right now. And Tyreek, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, Diggs, CD Lamb are the top five. And I, you're not getting any of those. Amon Ra is six.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you might be able to get Lamb or Diggs from somebody.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't think anybody is moving digs personally, but maybe.
0: Yeah. Maybe somebody who really needs a
1: quarterback and is motivated to get somebody who has some upside.
0: Yeah. You got some good options there, though. So Mm. especially since it's that one QB and you got you got two quarterbacks that when they're at their best, they will run a lot and add value that you should be able to market pretty well. So hopefully you can get something done with Kyler and one of the Rams wide receivers uh, this week. Man, let's see what else we got here, Bill. Uh, Alec, would you guys do a Gus Edwards and Waddle for Javante Williams, Bijan, and Devonta Smith? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, would. Waddle and Waddle and Smith are are pretty similar for me.
1: Yeah, and Bijan, I like better than I like Javante and Bijan better than Gus Edwards. So, yeah, I mean, I would take the Javante Williams side to be clear.
0: Um, Yep. Yep. Same. That was an easy one uh, for us. Preston Fonseca. Do I trade away Jonathan Taylor and Taysom Hill for Patrick Mahomes and DeAndre Hopkins already have Laporta at tight end. And my current QB is Kyler Murray. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, Probably the cheapest you're going to get Mahomes right now.
1: Yeah, and I assume this is redraft. Um do you?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's okay. kind of where I'm going with most of the Yeah, Taysom
1: Hill to me isn't I mean, he could end up being great the rest of the year, but I, I just have a I question the ability of him to be consistent. Um so Jonathan Taylor for Mahomes and Hopkins. I mean, I don't feel super great about Kyler being my quarterback. So adding Mahomes, uh, who's still a top five QB this year, uh, even though he's not looked great. Um yeah, I, I I'm fine with that. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's starting to get more usage, so like that scares me. Um, he's definitely becoming more Belkowish. Um, and I don't know if that was just based on this game and we see more Zach Moss next week, but um yeah, I it's tough to give away a, a running back for a quarterback though. Hopkins doesn't do anything for me, to be honest. Like he's a nice fill in, but um the more I think about it, I think the more I'm sticking to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And I mean, try to get a different quarterback. Trade trade uh Taysom Hill and somebody else for a, a, a different quarterback, maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, could you trade Kyler and Taysom and get to Dak, who's had his buy, just like we were talking about with Yeah, Virginia? that's something
1: more I would yeah, that's not a bad idea. Something more like along those lines. Somebody who wants some upside at quarterback and And you get somebody who's more, you know, solid
0: and um, consistent. Yeah. I mean, starting Dak and JT and then depending on Laporte at tight end, because I mean, at this point, too, uh, for what it's worth, I mean, Taysom Hill over the last few weeks has seen his snaps, his carries, everything uh, increase. And Yeah. um, I mean, he's
1: he's like the last four weeks he scored like 40 point or or like 20 points a week. And
0: yeah, um, in a few of my leagues. So. Based on being classified as a tight end, he's he's a top five or six tight end week in and week out right now. Yep. And you pair him with Laporta, uh, that's not a bad place to be. So, yeah, I would agree with Bill Preston that you, uh, you take a look at trying to pivot maybe away from going after Mahomes and uh, see if you can find a deal that keeps Jonathan Taylor uh, in your lineup for the playoff push. All right. That was fun. It's been a while since we've had uh that kind of a, a sequence yep. of questions. Well, apparently here, so. we
1: need to be doing our shows at uh 5 p.m. Eastern yeah. time.
0: <laughs> you know, it's uh when I when I get to uh to Korea here, we'll see what that means. That'll be uh that'll be 7 a.m. for me over there, Bill. Or it uh, oh, that'll geez. be six a.m. six a.m. for me over there. So uh I'll have to figure out what my morning coffee routine looks like, but uh, hard to argue with starting the day with football talk. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we got about 10 minutes or so here. Um, so I, I did want to shift a little bit, uh, you know, Bill, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, I sent some of your messages out to each of the leagues that I'm in, just sharing a little bit of what the playoffs look like coming up, um, whether or not we have trade deadlines, uh, a couple of things like that. So uh, I, I'd be curious if you'd just take a minute or two and, and talk through maybe your evolution as a commissioner and what you uh, feel like makes, not only a a competitive league, but a fun league for, you know, some of the circles that you run in here and the folks that you choose to play with and the folks that choose to play in your leagues. Um, but yeah, really just kind of thinking through how you put together, uh, especially as we approach playoffs. Um, yeah. What does, what does that look like for most of your leagues?
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is just communication at at make like key points of the season. Um, so as a commissioner, I just, I try to remind people, you know, of things. Um, Sometimes it's two days before the trade deadline, you know, I'm I'm trying to become more consistent with like letting people know. I mean, I, so like we're in week 10, there's this is for dynasty. That's all I commission. So um, in dynasty, there's people that are tanking, there's people that are uh, going for the, you know, they're going to want to make some moves for the playoffs or, or um, for their playoff run. And um, so I, I just tried to send a message out to all the leagues I commish, um, letting people know, um, you know, if we have a toilet bowl, uh, if we have um, a trade deadline, if uh, how we determine the teams that make the playoffs, um, some of them are based on record, some of them are uh, four of the teams are based on the top four teams in record, and then the next two are total points scored. Um, so just kind of reminding people so that they don't think that they're going to make the playoffs and then don't um and then also how we determine the draft picks um you know Mm -hmm. whether it's potential points whether it's record um you know those sorts of things so just trying to um keep people educated um and so that i don't have anybody yelling at me uh once the season ends and they thought they were going to make the playoffs or you know that sort of thing um So I've really just been trying to get more organized. I think that's the difference between now and when I started. Um, I, you know, have spreadsheets with reminders as to one to tell people uh, what. And um, just uh, that's really the biggest thing. Now, it it all varies, like uh, in the amount of activity in the leagues. Some leagues are just more active than others. Some are uh, industry leagues, you know, and I think people aren't quite as active in those because they're. Most of those guys are in 20 plus leagues, you know, so, uh, certain ones, they just pay attention to less and, um, that's more networking, um, kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know, necessarily know that there's stuff I try to, uh, do for the league or to make them more fun. It's just more, uh, along the lines of what the league wants, um, different settings to me is fun. So I enjoy playing in 12 team leagues, 14 team leagues, 16 team leagues. Um, so it's really just a preference thing, like whatever people enjoy. And, um, uh, to me, it's boring to play the same settings in every league. Um, a few of the leagues I'm in this year, uh, it's, t- you play against a team and the league median median. Mm-hmm. So you, your record can be two and O down to zero and two per week. Um, based on how your team performs. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but um, I think that like communication and just keeping people on the ball and um, uh, reminding people of the upcoming events is probably the most important thing. Uh, To be honest, I'm not super talkative in my leagues that I commission. I just kind of send out reminders from time to time.
0: Yeah, commissioners are uh, like the sound guy at a, a concert. Uh, in a lot of ways, you know, you, you almost don't want to know that they're really even there, uh, because th- that means you had a great experience, right? And I think something that I appreciate about you is, um, you know, every time we've had an opening in a league in the last few years, it's taken very little time to fill those openings because I think, you know, people people hear people talk, right? Um, you know, when you have a good league and somebody is serious about joining or, you know, somebody that wants to take advantage of that, um, you know, it takes, takes a good setup and a good commissioner, a good group of people to, to make people want to join. And, uh, I think that's, uh, been kind of indicative of what you've put together over the last few years, um, at least in the leagues that I've been a part of. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate the communication piece. Uh, I do think, um, you know, finding the settings that work for that group. Um, so, you know, we'll put it out there. You know, Bill, Bill and I are looking at, uh, I don't know if we've even decided uh, if we want to look at, uh, taking on an orphan team or possibly joining a startup of some kind, uh, in the next year or so together. Um, but is there anything that uh, you would be looking for as a participant, not a commissioner in uh, a league if we were to take one on together?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it could be fun either way, whether it's a startup or an orphan. Um, Or maybe we do one of each, uh, just to, uh, give us some variety, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I like personally, I like like 14 team super flex. Like that's my, like, I I like it because you can either decide you don't want to attack quarterback and just build the rest of your team or, um, and it makes it a little harder, you know, to, to go after a lot of quarterbacks and. I don't know. I I find that to be like the most challenging um, setup, but not like ridiculous. Where sixteen team, if you have two or three quarterbacks, you're at a huge advantage. You know. Yeah. Um, fourteen just makes you um prioritize quarterbacks. So um, but and like I like deeper starting lineups. Yep. Yeah. So like eleven or more. Um, ten almost feels like it's too easy to fill a um a lineup. So it's that that's for me, like those are probably the two things that are most important to me. I do like the 2.0 tight end premium.
0: Yeah.
1: Um does that sound like I'm almost talking about a safe league?
0: <laughs> uh no, because I mean most of those are 12. It, you know, it sounds yeah sounds more true. like a more like a junkies league uh, is what it sounds like the 14 team heavy tight end premium I think they're start 11. So yeah, you're talking about the top 150 players every week are, uh, you know, being started, Never mind, you know, the, the next 60 to 70 team uh, players behind them that are easily rostered for depth. And then you start getting in the top 250 and it's like, you know, is that a, you know, is that a racehorse at Kentucky downs? Or is that, uh, is that actually the fourth wide receiver for the Colts this year? Um, yeah, I think I, I'm on board with that. And uh, so, yeah, so if anybody's listening out there and, you know, you, you know you've know got something coming up, uh, Bill and I are looking to to co-manage uh, at, at least a team, I think, in the, the future coming up here. So we'd love to hear some of the, the things there. And then, yeah, share with us, you know, if you have anything that's unique about your leagues. Um, you know, I think yours were the first leagues where we had a couple, at least a playoff spot or two reserved for high scores, which I, I really appreciate. I think that helps you know, incentivize when you have some folks that have had a couple of bad beats or some early week losses that um you know they bounce back from but you know maybe the record doesn't bear out what that looks like and then uh potential points is um you know y- every year you see it there's there's drama somewhere around you know who's starting which players and what should the requirements be and how do you stop tanking and all this stuff. And I think potential points between that and then playing against the median as well is a, a newer development that really helps make sure that the good teams are you know rewarded as much as you know reasonably possible and the teams that aren't in a good position they have an opportunity to get the better draft picks and they have an opportunity to you know reposition themselves uh you know sooner rather than later which that's part of making it fun too right it's not nobody wants to be the worst team for five years in a row right Uh, there's 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 something to stockpiling picks and you know maybe you maybe you hold back for two seasons and then you really kind of you know, get excited about a draft class coming up and you've got a bunch of these picks and that that can be exciting. But uh nobody wants to play in a league where you know everybody just thinks the same team's gonna win every year either. Uh, neither extreme is is fun. So um, but anyhow, yeah, we're getting to that point. So as you hit playoffs, you know, if you're in redraft, you probably have trade deadlines coming up in the next couple of weeks here. Um, so make those moves. If you have any more questions, hit us up. Uh, we had a ton of fun tonight uh, answering some of these questions and again, just kind of shifting our mindset. Like Bill said, we typically, you know, we're in a lot of dynasty leagues. Um, you know, we commission a couple dynasty leagues and that's where our mind typically is. I mean, you heard me, I, I was way off on that first question as far as what we were assuming that uh, question was regarding. So um, yeah, hit us up with what you've got there. And again, we, we say it each week you'll see Josh next week on here with, Bill, so uh, you know, he certainly is into the start sits and, and can help uh make some decisions or give you some filters to use as you make decisions on lineups, too.
1: I would have to say that's my uh weakest point is start sit, so um, <laughs> I just uh blindly follow uh projections almost. So,
0: yeah, I, I build my teams uh well enough to compete but poorly enough that I don't have to decide. Well, just that, let's yeah, yep. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Make it easy. But, uh, but yeah, Bill, thanks again for being flexible this week. Glad we could make it work. Um, it's fun going back and forth and some of the questions together here and, uh, we'll get this thing posted hopefully later tonight. So y'all have something to look forward to going into the weekend here. Um, anything else that you wanted to, to plug or say there, Bill, before we wrap it up?
1: Nope. I don't think so. I appreciate everybody that popped into the chat today. That was, uh, it was nice to have those questions cause we were really, uh, kind of scrambling for what we're going to talk about. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm typically off on a lot of Wednesdays. So if we, if we need to pivot here and that's just better for other folks to be able to jump in, we're certainly open to that as well. But um, if you're listening to us on the podcast, in the car, on the commute or something, thank you for sharing a little bit of your time with us and hopefully have uh, something at least entertaining and uh, hopefully, you know, maybe even useful for, some of the things you're looking at in your leagues. So um, other than that, I think it's the normal time next week, uh, 9 PM Eastern with Josh and bill. It'll be the the original crew back together uh, while I'm on a work trip. Um, And with that, I think we're out of here, bill late.